This Capital Ministries Bible study from President and Founder Ralph Trollinger is called Put Off the Evil Culture of Deception. It is becoming more commonly accepted in our society to shade the truth, sidestep, use qualifying words, narrowly defined meanings, or other devious methods to mask the true meaning of what is being said. We've become a culture that is more and more accepting of, or at least more tolerant and perhaps desensitized to, deception than were past generations. It's become part of our norm. But the Bible takes a strong position against deception. Matthew 5.37 says, But let your statement be, Yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. In this week's study, Put Off the Evil Culture of Deception, I would like to investigate, build your awareness of, and stimulate the creation of convictions regarding the evil nature of deception. Unfortunately, in our culture, deception has become an acceptable practice. What exactly is deception? It is the act of causing someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. It is to intentionally give a mistaken impression. It is viewed often as a political necessity. May I, however, proffer an alternative? There is always a better way than lying and deceiving. Be honest. Listen on, my friends. Introduction Lincoln's insistence on honesty and putting away deception is apparent throughout his life. One such illustration comes from Mark Steiner's book, which is called An Honest Calling, The Law Practice of Abraham Lincoln. He notes, and I do quote, A relative by marriage, Augustus H. Chapman, recalled in his law practice on the Wabash Circuit, he was noted for unswerving honesty. People learned to love him ardently, devotedly, and juries listened intently and earnestly, receptively to the sad-faced, earnest man. I remember one case of his decidedly honest trait of character. It was a case in which he was for the defendant. Previously satisfied of his client's innocence, it depended mainly on one witness. But that witness told on the stand under oath what Abe knew to be a lie and no one else knew. When he arose to plead the case, he said, Gentlemen, I depended on this witness to clear my client. He has lied. I ask that no attention be paid to his testimony. Let his words be stricken out, even if it means my case fails. I do not wish to win in this way. For clever, seasoned public servants, the intentional use, omission, or manufacture of misleading impressions comes easily. In stark contrast to the temptation to deceive is Proverbs chapter 19, verse 22. It states, It is better to be a poor man than a liar. Abraham Lincoln modeled the essence of that principle many times in many ways. God's word has much to say about the subject, and the capital community has much to learn in response. Habitual truth-telling needs to be the goal even and especially when it costs you something. How are you in terms of habitual truth-telling? Is this the habit of your heart and tongue? Are you a card-carrying member of the Honest Abe Society? Never jeopardize your integrity for short-term gain. 
Let us look to the book of Proverbs, which has much to say about telling the truth. One proverb from this lesson that you should memorize is in chapter 12, verse 19. Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. Two resolutions regarding lying and deceiving. A. God's resolution. 6 verses 16 through 17 and 19 states, There are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven which are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. Note the kinship of five of these seven particular sins in the progression here in this passage. A self-righteous attitude that underlies haughty eyes is often the character trait that motivates lying about others, which in turn hurts innocent people and leads to division and strife. Scripture declares that God hates this progression. Chapter 12, verse 22, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are His delight. In this proverb, each of the two stanzas serves to further elaborate on the meaning of the other. The Hebrew word for deal, asach, which means accomplish or achieve, is key to interpreting this proverb. Whereas God hates lying lips or falsehood, He delights in those who deal, accomplish, or achieve truthfulness, i.e., the discipline of jurisprudence, The establishment of what is actually true in and about a given situation is something God delights in. Good lawyers should use this passage to defend their profession. God is especially pleased with individuals who have the discipline and objectivity to ascertain truth. These passages inform us about the character, nature, and resolve of God. We need to emulate this. B. Mankind's Resolution It follows that if we are to be Christ-like and reflect the character of God in our lives, that we put on the same attributes of honesty. 424. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. 24 verse 28. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause and do not deceive with your lips. Chapter 30 verse 8. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. Like Lincoln, who wants to win or, so to speak, relative to this proverb, be rich by use of deception, translated into the New Capital Standard Version, this proverb means it is better to always be honest than it is to achieve a certain outcome, especially if that outcome is achieved by lying and deceiving others regarding self, issues, or opponents. Chapter 20, verse 17. Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. Again, a lying tongue is only for a moment. Such practices will not bring you gain over the long haul. Your colleagues will distrust you, and you will not have their vote, both literally and figuratively. Chapter 31, verse 30 states, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. In this proverb of contrast, charm, or chen, 
which is not a bad thing in itself since the root word here means gracefulness, is used in the context of deceptive motives, i.e., a woman being charming or graceful for wrong, selfish reasons. It follows that men can use grace with wrong, deceptive motives as well. Too often, for example, public servants utilize flowery, flattering oratory for reasons disingenuous. Resolve to be a public servant who reflects God's attributes of honesty and integrity at all times and at all costs. Two reasons for lying and deceiving. A. Hatred. Chapter 10, verse 18. He who conceals hatred has lying lips, and he who spreads slander is a fool. Chapter 17, verse 4. An evildoer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. 26, verse 24. He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. B. Pride. Chapter 25, verse 14 states, Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. Seven results of lying to and deceiving a person. A. Worthlessness. 6, verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, is the one who walks with a perverse mouth. B. Shamefulness. Chapter 13, verse 5, a righteous man hates falsehood, but a wicked man acts disgustingly and shamefully. C, foolishness. 14, verse 8, the wisdom of the sensible is to understand his way, but the foolishness of fools is deceit. D, destruction. 11, verse 3, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. 11 verse 18. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. Many are those who pursue unfair and deceptive business practices to their own demise. In the end, they reap what they sow, and their sins will find them out. One of God's inviolate principles is this, time and truth run hand in hand. As one deceives himself in his business practices, he sets his own snare. The wheel of justice, both in a formal and informal sense, may grind slowly, but they do move. E. Misleading counsel. Chapter 12, verse 5. The thoughts of the righteous are just, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The Hebrew word translated here for deceitful, miramach, can also mean dishonest or false. Therefore, be careful from whom you receive counsel. Always quiz yourself as to the motive of the counselor. Deceptive counselors are evident in the following two Proverbs. Chapter 12, verse 17. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. Chapter 12, verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Proverbs also indicates that those who have a proclivity toward lying and deceit are evident by their keeping company with the same. 17 verse number 4. An evildoer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. You can know a person's character by the company he 
or she keeps. Cross-reference 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. The following contrasting proverbs best summarize for those in public service the results of lying and deceiving counselors. 21, verse 28. A false witness will perish, but the man who listens to the truth will speak forever. Chapter 7, verse 7. Excellent speech is not fitting for a fool, much less are lying lips to a prince. Be careful whom you employ to counsel you, as a governing official whose first duty is to please the one who enlisted him. 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. F. Temporalness. Chapter 12, verse 19. Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. 20, verse 17, bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. 21, verse 6, the acquisition of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor, the pursuit of death. G, treachery. Treachery is defined as a violation of allegiance or of faith and confidence, betrayal of trust, treason according to Merriam-Webster. Chapter 14, verse 25 in the book of Proverbs states, A truthful witness saves lives, but he who utters lies is treacherous. A good summary regarding the results of lying and deception is the following overarching proverb on the subject. This is another select proverb to program your mind with in order, as a follower of Christ, to escape the bondage of lying. Chapter 19, verse 5, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. Proverbs goes a step further, paralleling the New Testament in 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10, stating those who are habitually characterized by deceit are not saved. Chapter 19, verse 9 states, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will perish. Three results of lying to and deceiving a nation. Again, because Solomon is preparing his son for statesmanship in Israel, most every subject we have studied in Proverbs contains advice as it relates not only to personal ramifications, but also to governmental ramifications stemming from either obedience or neglect of these principles relative to a nation's leadership. The subject of lying and deception is no exception. A. Deception affects lawmaking. Too often lawmakers use the scriptures out of context during committee hearings or floor debates in order to make their point. The antecedent to the pronoun there being lawmakers, not the scriptures. This is a very serious form of lying and deception. To invoke God's word and the misleading of others is one of the greatest evils in the world. Notice the seriousness of this in the following proverb, chapter 30, verses 5 through 6. Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. To lie with the word of God as your supposed source is to invoke the wrath of God. This is no light matter, my beloved. Make no mistake here. God and His holiness will not allow you 
I, or anyone else to toy with his word. This admonition is emphasized in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verses 18 through 19. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city, which are written in this book. Do not in any way bend the scriptures. Such practices are serious matters. Cross-reference Deuteronomy 4.2 and Jeremiah 26, verse 2. One illustration of bending the Word of God is that of the deceptive misuse of Scripture by the social gospelers to justify the existence of a myriad of social programs. This is loudly reverberated in our society, leading our nation to the brink of bankruptcy, a sowing and reaping form of God's wrath. B. Deception affects leaders. 23 verses 1 through 3. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for it is deceptive food. Remember, there's no free lunch in D.C., from the lobbyists to the White House. Do not be enticed by delicacies to only later feel a sense of obligation. You are wise enough to see through deceptive food. 27 verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. How specifically does deception affect leaders? Chapter 29 verse 12 reads, if a ruler pays attention to falsehood, all his ministers become wicked. If the leader uses enticements to deceive, it sets a tone and culture around him. He or she attracts whom they are, like begets like. C. Deception affects justice. The following proverbs all reflect the effect of deception on justice. It is horrible and destroys it. 14 verse 5. A trustworthy witness will not lie, but a false witness utters lies. 19 verse 28. A rascally witness makes a mockery of justice, and the mouth of the wicked spreads iniquity. Chapter 20, verse 23. Differing weights are an abomination to the Lord, and a false scale is not good. 21.28. A false witness will perish, but the man who listens to the truth will speak forever. Chapter 25, verse 18 of Proverbs reads, Like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. 26 verses 18 through 19. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Was I not joking? Our summary. Deception is the act of causing someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. It is to intentionally give a mistaken impression. It is often viewed as a political necessity. But you can see from the study the tremendously deleterious effects deception has on lawmakers, governmental leaders, and the nation's justice system. Don't be a contributor to that cause. 
Deception destroys both individuals and nations. It is critically important that public servants completely abandon the manufacturing of mistaken impressions and instead practiced honesty, the strictest honesty, as practiced by Abraham Lincoln. So be it. This concludes our Bible study for this week. Thank you for all you do in our great country and on the Hill. This is Frank Sontag.